Many years ago, while my husband and I were on vacation, he was channel surfing and something sparked my attention. He paused on a show about a girl with an eating disorder. Hi, Darlene Dawn here with another snippet for living your best life. And today's little topic is going to be dying to be thin. As I tried to block out the show, I became somewhat numb as part of me did not wish to see this show and the other part of me was mesmerized and curious. I felt as though I'd left my body and I was watching a show that in some ways I could identify with and this scared the hell out of me. I could not fully see that what she was doing was wrong. Although the behavior was being projected as not normal, I really had trouble seeing what was wrong with it. I identified strongly with this girl. It was like watching a train wreck. I wanted to turn my head, but I couldn't look away. I was listening, but somewhat in a trance as tears began to flow down my eyes. Upon seeing my reaction, my husband said he was going to switch the channel, not wanting to see me upset. Therein lies the problem. I should have said stop, and he should have left it on. Society likes to pretend that things are all right, and family like to pretend that things are all right when really they are not. They think they're doing so out of love, but sometimes families like to look the other way and not admit that there is a problem in their own nuclear structure. This show alone had banished their own anorexic daughter to the basement so they did not have to see her throwing up and wasting away. Now, this seemed very harsh and more like a punishment. It's like they were punishing her for not eating. And anyone who has had anorexia or knows of anorexia or any eating disorder knows that that is only going to make things worse. You can't force somebody to eat. You can't punish them. That is the worst way to deal with something like this because it is a control issue. It is a mental illness. Basically, they were taking the out of sight out-of-mind approach. Although my husband totally agreed the behavior was wrong, he basically had done the same to me, but he did so out of love because he didn't want to see me crying. He didn't want to deal with the issue of both of us knew had been a struggle for me almost my entire life, on and off. When the girl in the show became so ill that she had to go to the hospital, it was not about her. But the family and how the family dinner that night was ruined and disrupted. I'm going to give the girl a name. I'm going to call her Jane, just for lack of a better name. And it was like Jane had ruined our Christmas dinner, just like she ruined Thanksgiving dinner. Jane ruins everything. Now, how do you think Jane feels if Jane is responsible for everything and being made the bad guy? What part of their behavior towards their sister or daughter did they not comprehend? Why were they not able to see this as an uncontrollable illness? It wasn't a teenage rebellion. It's an illness, just like alcoholism or any other mind or body debilitating disease. Family members are afraid to acknowledge the disease at all or any part they may have in contributing to the illness of a family member. Instead of reaching out and loving and hugging them, they do the opposite. They pull away from the person who is literally crying out for love in the worst way. This is a form of mental illness that often families do not want to acknowledge exists in their family in any form. It must remain a secret. 
Because back then, and this was years ago, it really had a strong stigma. Any mental illness was stigmatized. Now, it's a little getting a little better now. But back then, families did not want anyone to know. And they didn't really want to accept it. Because if they accepted that it was a problem, they would have to deal with it. And by not acknowledging it, they didn't have to deal with it. The individual with the disorder is struggling because they don't realize themselves that they really have this disorder because they they really have a body image problem, dysmorphia, where they don't see themselves as 80 pounds. They actually do see themselves as fat. They perceive themselves the way they've heard someone else comment on them and internalize irrationally due to their lack of self-esteem. In most cases, one or several events in their lives have contributed to making them feel belittled and worthless. They feel like this is the only control they have in their lives is to not eat. All this other control has been taken away from them. They feel like this is a world they do not really fit in and do not know how to go about life normally. Everything is a struggle for them. Normal day-to-day things that are a routine for most everybody else are a daily struggle and constant challenge For people with this disorder, they feel alone and isolated, ostracized, different. I bet you're wondering why I even mention this disease, but it's a disease that still does exist. And this eating disorder has many faces and correlates directly to other diseases, to bone loss, to autoimmune diseases, osteoporosis, arthritis, just to name a few. You may not see the effects of this till years later. So if you're a teenager and you think it's okay to skip all those meals because you'll get back on track later on, it won't matter. Well, guess what? It does matter because you do damage that can't totally be fixed. You may appear to have it all under control and think you're fine for many years. You may skip the odd meal and justify it to yourself with being too busy. But all this abuse has done irreputable damage to your body. For example, if you do not maintain your car or give it proper fuel and oil, it's going to become sluggish, rust out, and cease to function normally and probably not run at all. Our bodies are much like cars. They need to be fed and maintained and looked after after in order to function properly. There have been many deaths due to eating disorders. By depriving yourself of food and nutrients, you are indirectly starving yourself and your body will only take what it can get from your bones and your muscles, trying so desperately to stay alive. And after it's taking all that, it's going to start taking from your heart and your heart's going to lose function. And we hear about it again and again, like many of the other mental illnesses. We don't want to believe that people actually die. And they die from trying to be thin. I know this as I suffered from this for years. And although I feel like I am cured, eating disorders will always be something I need to be aware of. As anorexia, binge eating, body image, these are all disorders that can creep back up on you at any time. My main reason for doing this podcast is to bring awareness in how you might treat a daughter or a sister, or a cousin, or a friend, like any mental illness. 
Keep the talk going. Please do not look away and pretend that it does not exist. Don't force feed or demand they eat as this is a control issue already and it'll only make the eating disorder worse. Be a friend. Don't look the other way. Listen, be there for them as this disorder stems from something far deeper than food. With that being said, until next time, bye for now. Hi, Darlene Dawn here for my closed group, Living With Limitations. And as some of you might know, I threw out my back not once, but twice in the span of eight or nine days. I thought I would share with you how I'm dealing with this pain because that, this group is meant to share with how you cope with different types of pain. And if anyone here has any other ideas, I would love to hear them. I did manage to keep my plans for the weekend before I did it the second time, and the walking did loosen it up a bit. But when I got home, it was still hurting. And it wasn't hurting to the point where I couldn't move, just hurting when I did move. So I possibly overdid it, and I threw it out again. Well, the first time that I had gotten out of the bathtub, I didn't really know I had thrown it out because it was just, I didn't really do anything. It just immediately started to hurt. But the second time I physically felt it go out and I heard the snap, crackle and pop and that didn't sound too good. I was kind of hoping it maybe just corrected it, but instead it just made it big time worse. So without going to the hospital, as that to me is not really an option because sitting in a waiting room for six hours on end would just move me to tears and they would just send you home with a bunch of pills that I'm not willing to take anyway. So my idea or my choice has been to use CBD oil, ice packs, because believe it or not, ice is better than heat for the most part with uh, back injuries. And I've even resorted to a few slugs of Jack Daniels. Nothing wrong. I'm staying at home. I don't make a habit of it. And uh, sometimes you do what you have to do to help ease the pain. This time it's affecting my legs, so it's either a pinched nerve or maybe even partly sciatica-based. I'm not 100% sure, but I have to wait almost two weeks to get in to see my chiropractor. Now, that's not all his fault. Uh, it's partly because I stopped my regular visits due to the schedules we had here, and I couldn't really make... I, I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there at the times that... I was able to get a ride. So it, it didn't work for a couple of years. So obviously I'm low man on the totem pole again. And that's just how people run their business. And I understand that. But the pain is really bad and I've got to deal with it until then on my own. Hopefully by then it'll be over. But um, it's probably time I get back to a chiropractor. So anyway, for me, I find that laying on my side is the best. Sitting is near impossible because I'm not sure if you're all aware of this, but when you sit down, that's more pressure on your spine, believe it or not, than standing is. So if I have to do anything, I can stand for a few moments, but sitting is unbearable. I tried to do a little bit of work on the computer. I lasted maybe five minutes and there were tears rolling down my face. I couldn't do it. So you really have to listen to your body. Your body will let you know what's good and what's bad for you. And I tend to be a little guilty of that, even though I do do podcasts on listening to your body. I'm probably my own worst enemy when it comes to that. Because when you're feeling a little bit better, you start to push yourself too hard and you end back back at the beginning. Now, I'm not 
a stranger to pain. I have lived with lupus and um, fibromyalgia for many, many years. But anyone that's had that's thrown out their back, like I have back pain on a regular basis because I do have spinal stenosis, but that doesn't feel anything like when you throw out your back. Because when you throw out your back, I don't know if there's another term for it, but when something lets go or snaps, it's acute pain that you can't seem to deal with because it's so acute. It's so high level pain. And part of that pain and part of any pain that you get with your body is because you might be under a lot of stress, which I know that we've been under a lot of stress lately because of things going on in our life, because of things going on in our home. But that's still no excuse. You really have to be mindful of the stress you're under and take care of your body with regards to meditating and uh, breathing. Deep breathing is really important when it comes to stuff like that. And uh, maybe take five breaths in, hold for five, five breaths out. It's really important whether you do four or five. Some people do three. But just that mindful breathing because we tend to shallow breathe when we're in pain. And that's not helping you because you really need the oxygen in order to help heal what's going on in your body. So sleep is good. Laying down if you can find a comfortable position. For me, it's laying on my side. But the important thing is here, don't stay laying down because if you stay laying down, it's only going to tighten more. It's really important that even if it hurts to get up, to walk a bit, to move, to loosen yourself up, I would suggest a hot bath. In my case, a hot bath is what got me here. So um, if you have nothing else that you can do, you you find other methods of of coping. And with me, it's laying on my side taking CBD oil, using ice packs, and getting up and moving periodically so that I can keep the blood flowing and allowing myself the rest time in between. Now, another important thing, if you really feel like you have to cry, crying sometimes helps pain. So just put your face in the pillow so no one can hear. Cry your eyes out and maybe you'll actually fall asleep for a few. I've used this method many times and it does work. So if you have any other points or tips out there, I would love to hear from you, as I'm sure many other people that are suffering through chronic pain would also love to hear your tips. So I do plan on getting back to my podcasts as soon as I can uh, sit upright long enough to write and type and do them. But actually, right now, it's too hard to actually do anything. So I'm just posting some of the replays right now. But that doesn't mean I'm just laying in bed doing nothing. Um, instead of writing, because it's hard to write on your side and it's hard to type on your side, you can always talk into your telephone. You can journal that way. You can re- record things. And you can listen to other people's podcasts so that you can get that positive feeling and uh, just learn more because it's great to learn more about spirituality. It's great to learn more about mindfulness and all the things that interest you this is a good time to still you're resting but you can still keep learning that doesn't mean you just you know decide to just watch movies all day now there's nothing wrong if you want to take a day to watch movies you've certainly earned it everybody has the right to do that so I'm just letting you know this is how I am dealing with it right now and like I said um, I think it's important that people come on here 
when they are in pain. You may not want to do a video, as I certainly didn't. But you can do an audio and share how you're dealing with something you're going through in your life right now. So until next time, bye for now. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be talking soon. Bye-bye.